0: the number 855 821 5900 at employmenthour.com as we convene for another show my friend we always start with the week that was what is going on with you
1: well you know john i uh, hopefully i'm i'm, I'm going to be able to bring my a game today cuz mm-hmm. it's been a very busy week uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people have been speaking to a lot of people have been helping thankfully and and you know it's uh, it's been great the uh, phone has been ringing people needing to know their uh, legal rights uh, needing to enforce them and I've said this before on the show, I think last week, this time of year right now, you know, fall, getting towards the end of the year is when companies make changes. Good economy, bad economy, it's all the same. It's not a reflection on the individual companies, just invariably make changes and usually that results in some people being let go. But that does not mean that you shouldn't be enforcing your legal rights. The fact that uh, uh, someone is being let go does not mean that the company is offering proper severance. In most situations, over 90 percent, that's not the case. So, if you've been one of those, uh, if you find yourself the victim of one of those situations, a restructuring, kind of the the famous end of the year restructuring. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that you get what you're owed because you don't know how long it's going to take you to find another position. Hopefully, it's very soon, very quick. But if it's not, you really need to know uh, that you've received everything that you're owed, so that you can pay your bills in the meantime, so that you can support your family, put food on the table. So uh, that's so, so important. And, and to start us off on the week, there was a couple of situations that I think present very good examples as to how these severance pa- or some the, the of the ways these severance packages can be inadequate. Uh, the first situation involved a, a salesperson that called me in, and he was like, go. Now he's a senior salesperson, made good, in, uh, made good income. Now, what's usually very common for salespeople is they have a very low base salary, usually very, very low, but they can make it up with substantial commissions. So, you know, total compensation may still be very good, but the guaranteed portion may be low. Well, th- that's what happened with this gentleman. Uh, he had a, a low guaranteed base salary, around $30,000, but he made close to $100,000 every year uh, with commissions. Uh, he had been there for uh, just shy of 11 years, and the company let him go because of a restructuring, nothing at all to do with him. In fact, they, they they thought he was a good employee. And when he was let go, he was offered eight months' pay. Now, eight months' pay is not adequate for him. I think he was owed right around 12 months' pay, but... Eight months' pay they calculated on the basis of his base salary only. Now his base salary was thirty grand, so they said we'll pay you I don't know twenty something thousand dollars, and that's your seven, that's eight months. But that's not a real eight months because his total compensation was about a hundred thousand dollars. So eight months for him was I don't know eighty thousand or, or or something like that. Uh, and, and because commission has to be included, and I want our listeners to to remember this: that when you're let go it 's not just the amount of salary that you get that is part of the severance it 's all components of compensation, including your average commissions right. so uh, this gentleman now, by my calculation, is owed probably another uh, ninety to a hundred thousand dollars, and most of that comes from the fact that the company calculated a severance on the basis of his salary only, mm-hmm. not on the basis of his total compensation now. Sometimes it's commission like for this gentleman, sometimes it could be a bonus, sometimes it could be car allowance, sometimes it could be a, a car or an apartment that you get as part of your compensation. All that usually and almost always has to be included. So don't uh, just look at the number of months that the company's offered to pay you. Obviously, that's important. But you also want to always understand what's included in it. And in this case, uh, we're talking potentially another $100,000, John.
0: It's a very common thing for uh, companies to do, right? They just give you whatever uh, money you got and out the door.
1: Well yeah, you know, your salary is thirty, we'll pay you based on that. But but wait a second. Uh you know, most people they have other components to compensation. It's not always, you know, gonna be an extra seventy grand a year, but it could be worth another ten grand or fifteen grand. Uh hey, that's still money that you're owed, so you have to get that paid. Uh, and again, one of the many, many reasons, I think we're up to 2,455 reasons why you have to be getting some legal advice if you lost your job, John.
0: one 821 5900 What else uh, you got going on this week?
1: Got a call, uh, John, from a, a lady that had worked at a, at a daycare facility. As a, I guess she, she took care of the kids there in, mm-hmm. in the daycare facility. And an incident happened, uh, with, uh, with the child when, uh, one of the kids there got, got hurt. Unfortunately, nothing serious. Thankfully. I mean, that's always the most important thing. But, uh, but, but I guess something fell on the child. He had a bit of a bruise. Thankfully, nothing bad. Didn't have to be hospitalized. Thankfully. Right. But, uh, the, the employer, of course, the owner of the daycare was very upset to the point that she said well you were responsible for watching the kids so uh we're going to let you go you can't work here anymore and and that's it uh you know it's your fault that the kid got hurt well the the depth was always in the details john and speaking to her i realized that this was a a, a daycare where the, the the ratio of the kids to the to the the people supervising them was way off there's so many kids there it was in fact impossible for someone one person to, uh, to supervise them all. I'm not even sure it complied with the uh, yeah. government regulations. Yeah. And, and because of that, it was going to be very difficult to blame this particular lady for the accident that happened. And, and, and it reminded me that in many situations, employees may be actually set up for failure, may, may be put in a position that they can't succeed in, and then the employer may say, well, you know, you, you didn't do a good enough job, so we're going to penalize you. But it doesn't work that way. If you're not put in a position to succeed, you can't be faulting, faulted for not succeeding. If you're being put in a position that's gonna be doomed to fail and, and you do fail, well, the employer shares the responsibility, maybe even the bulk portion of the responsibility. So the lesson here is very important. Your, your employer can't expect something from you if your employer doesn't give you the tools to do it, if the employer doesn't give you the tools to succeed. Uh, and if that's what happens, then the employer cannot penalize you, cannot let you go for a cause, cannot expect something from you if the employer puts you in a no-win situation. That's what happened to this lady. So I'm going to work with her to get her the compensation that she's owed. But it is, John, quite a common issue. So hopefully, uh, you know, there's a lesson there for everyone uh, listening.
0: The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lior, L I O R at employmenthour.com. We'll get into working notice of termination, what that means. We'll uh, get into some detail in that regard and your email as well. It is the uh, Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM640 and AM900CHML. 1-855-821-5900, the number to get a hold of Lior anytime. If you want to email, it's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used this, we'll talk about it in just a bit. That would be the severance pay calculator. Find out exactly the dollar amount, what your severance check should be, money owed to you, the working notice of termination. uh, What is it? Describe
1: it. Well, John, you know we we talk always about severance. Uh, we talk about the compensation that an employee is owed when they are let go uh and, and because that's what happens in most cases an employee when they're let go they're told today is your last day I'll pack up your stuff and then it becomes an issue of how much severance uh an employee has to get from the employer well but that's that's the common situation but there are other situations where an employee is not being let go immediately an employee in some situations may get advanced notice of their termination for example employee uh we're letting you know today that we that your last day is going to be 2 months from now And that period of time, the period of time between when they get the notice until their last day of employment is called working notice. So the employee is working during that notice period uh, and they have advanced notice of termination. And and we want to talk about over the next little bit about what that means. Can an employer do that and how this may impact severance? And that's what the topic really is about. How common is it? So it's actually not that common. In most situations, we don't see working notice, and I think the reason is obvious. Uh, usually, if an employer is going to let an employee go, the employer is going to want the employee to be gone right away, uh, even if the employee did nothing wrong. Usually, it's just very uncomfortable to keep an employee on if the employee knows that their days are numbered, that their their job is being eliminated. Uh, so, it creates an uncomfortable situation. Some employers may also be worried about the employee's productivity, their morale, how it's going to impact others. You know, is he really going to work hard if he knows he's being let go? Maybe could he sabotage something if he knows he's going to be let go? So uh, those issues arise as well, and as a result of that, I don't see working notice that often. I'm going to say yeah. that you know, in, out of every 10 cases that I look at, uh, 10 terminations, maybe one of them is going to be a working notice situation. In most cases, employees are being let go; they're told on their last day, and then they have to pack up and leave.
0: Why is that? Because you could, I mean, one of the the benefits for an employer is that it would save them some some cash. But is it the that they don't want a poisoned work environment, say for two, three, six months, looking forward?
1: Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, I, I I can't blame them. If I were to uh, tell someone that they're being let go, I don't know if I'd want them to stick around and I'd see them in the morning and just what make idle chatter while they know that I've decided to let them go. It just really creates an uncomfortable environment for everyone involved. It can impact the morale with other employees. So it's kind of like a bandit. It's just easier to just you know rip it off, be done, part ways, shake hands, and, and move on.
0: And how does the, how does the metric work when it comes to counting towards severance?
1: So, yes, the key here, and it's really kind of at the heart of this topic, is that working notice counts towards your severance. So, to use an example, uh, John, if someone is owed 12 months uh, severance, one of the ways that the employer can meet that obligation is to provide 12 months working notice of termination. So the employer may be able to say, we're telling you today, employee, that 12 months from now, we're letting you go. In the meantime, for these 12 months, you're going to continue working. Everything's going to stay the same. But 12 months from now, you are done. Now, assuming 12 months is sufficient in this example, then the employee would not have been, won't be owed anything after their last day. That working notice counts towards severance. Now, if an employee that's owed 12 months severance gets only, say, four months notice, then the employer still has to pay out the difference by way of severance, in this case, eight months pay. So the important note, the important thought here is that working notice does count towards severance. Most employees are going to be upset to hear that, to say, wait a second, are you telling me that if I get notice and I don't get severance? And and obviously, it's better to get paid the severance and not have to work than to continue working. Uh, but yes, the reality is that, uh, as, as unfair as that may seem, working notice is certainly something an employer is allowed to do. It's legal and it does count towards severance.
0: So what if the employer gives this employee working notice, says, you know, going to let you go, but you got six months. What if that employee is like, oh, I, I don't want to continue working having known that?
1: Yeah, and, and most people that get working notice are probably going to feel that way. Say, well, I don't want to. If you're letting me go, if you've decided that I'm not going to continue here with you, then I don't want to work here for the next six months, eight months, whatever it is. I just want to be gone today. Well, certainly you can do that. You, you you can absolutely leave right away, and you don't have to stay. The problem is, and this is the big issue, is if you decide to leave, then you don't get any compensation. You don't get severance. It's considered a resignation. Okay, so you may have been told by the employee that your empl- that your employment is being terminated, you know, three months, four months, whatever it is down the road, and you say, okay, well then I'm out of here today. That's fine. But at that point, it becomes a resignation and right. means you don't get severance. Now, if in the, if uh, you're being mistreated, if uh, during this notice period the employer is treating you terribly and and uh, it it becomes a poison work environment, then you may be able to say, well, no, I don't have to take this. Now it's a constructive dismissal because you've treated me badly, and then you could leave and get compensated. But in most situations, if you're going to leave after getting notice, if you leave on your own, and, you know, on your own, then that's considered a resignation, and no further payments are going to be owed.
0: Have you ever seen a case where there's a bit of a negotiation employee says, you know what, you give me six months notice, how about three months notice, and then you pay me out three months? Does that ever work?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, And and there's certainly never a downside in in, in asking. And that's what I tell individuals all the time. If If you don't want to work during the notice period, then talk to the employer. See if you can work something out. Uh, you know, okay, I'll I'll stay for a little while to help you transition, but it's going to be uncomfortable. Let's work out the terms that would allow me to leave with some compensation. Maybe you even give the employer a bit of a discount, quote unquote, uh, but as long as they're willing to pay you some severance and and, and leave. So yeah, that's a negotiable point. Right. But remember, if the employer says, no, no, the only option employs you're staying here for the notice period, If you do choose to leave and if you do choose not to continue working for that period of time, that is a resignation. But I've seen many situations, more than I can count, John, where employer and employee have been able to come to terms together, uh, in terms of a a better scenario for the employee where the employee leaves earlier than otherwise told, gets severance, and, and everyone can, can leave and, and, you know, commence the next chapter of their lives.
0: We'll take a, a short break, One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Leor 821 5900 dot at EmploymentHour.com. We'll continue our chat about working notice, and we'll get into uh, contractors versus employees. This is always a big and sticky topic for everybody, so we'll inform you in that regard as well. The Employment Hour continues right here. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML one is the number, and it should be severancepaycalculator.com. First place you go if you lose your job, find out exactly what your severance should be. It's a quick metric. takes like three steps, and you're you're off to the races. You consult and phone uh, Lior at that point if you choose uh, to do so. Talking about working notice determinations. So does the employer have to pay additional severance at the end of that notice period, or they got it covered? <laughs>
1: Well, again, it all depends on how much severance the uh, the or sorry, how much notice the employer provides. Uh, if the employer provides adequate notice based on the usual factors, then then the employer, as you say, is covered. Nothing else is, is owed. Uh, in many situations, you know, I, I started off by saying that working notice is fairly rare. But in those situations where the employer does provide working notice, most of those, in my experience, the employer has not provided adequate notice. Which means further severance is going to be owed at the end of the of the employment once the employee is done. So uh so that's something that you you always need to remember. Uh it's not just because your employer is giving you notice it does not mean that they've met their obligations. We have to still make sure that they give you sufficient notice. And if they didn't, then guess what? You're owed more. Uh I, I recently just this, this week I've resolved a matter for a gentleman who had worked uh, as a manager at a large restaurant, I'm not going to mention the name, uh, for about 22 years, and he got 15 months working notice. Wow. Very unusual, but he got 15 months. And you know, being the good soldier that he is, yeah, he worked there for the full 15 months. Uh, and uh, and then he contacted me, said, okay, it's been 15 months, I'm now done. Am I owed anything else? Well, I assessed them as being owed right around 20 or so months' pay. So I told them, yeah, you're owed another five months' severance. You got 15 months' notice. It should have been 20 months. So you're owed another five months' pay, and we were able to resolve it on those terms just this week. Uh, So yeah, Uh, and, and, and why, how did he know that? Because he called me, and we were able to discuss it. So even though the employer gave him a lot of notice, 15 months, it still wasn't enough. So he in this case he was owed another 5 months pay.
0: I guess one of the good things is when it's that long at least you don't know you, you got a 13 month window you can actively start looking for other work so you can transition smoothly, right?
1: Exactly. But but in fairness though if you're working full time it's not easy to be looking for another job as you're working full time. You know, when are you going to go to interviews, etc. So sometimes, especially especially some jobs as you know, John, are not nine to five, right? Some of us have the types of jobs that that uh, you know we work longer hours, sometimes even weekends. So it may not actually give us the proper opportunity to look for another job. So. If I'm going to do a good job, I have to focus on my job. I can't focus on on looking for employment. Looking for employment could be a full time job in and of itself. So, yeah, sometimes people that get working notice end up leaving their job after the end of the notice and they realize holy cow now i have to start looking for work cuz i just didn't have the time to right. do it when i was working
0: 1-855-821-5900 is a number so is there a minimum or is there a, a general um, mathematics score as how much notice an
1: employee should be getting well the beauty of this is that our, our regular listeners should know exactly how much that how that notice is calculated yep. because notice should be is calculated the same way as severance and, and what are the factors age position and length of employment so if you're if the employer wants to meet its severance obligations by providing working notice it still has to go through the same analysis to look at the employee's age the employee's position and the length of their employment and on that basis they'll know okay so for this person given those factors they're owed 10 months severance we're going to give him 10 months notice so those same factors apply. You can use the severance calculator for that severancepaycalculator.com. It works just the same for for notice as it does for severance. Those factors are the ones that determine how much notice the employer would have to give you. and if the employer does not, as I said before, does not give you enough notice, then you wrote the difference. Uh, by way of severance after your last day of employment.
0: Can an employer during that notice period, especially like you mentioned a short time ago, 13 months where it's quite lengthy, can they change any terms of the employment during that time?
1: A, a great question. I have seen this happen where employers are going to say, we're giving you notice you know, of the termination, but during that period of time, we're going to pay you a different salary, your job is going to be different, or we're going to relocate you. They cannot do that. Just like an employer cannot change the terms of employment in a significant way in, in the normal course of events, the same thing happens during the notice period. So, if now your employer is going to say, Yes, I'm giving you 15 months' notice or whatever it is, but you're going to get paid less during that time, that's a constructive dismissal. So, you can say, No, I'm not going to do that, and you could potentially leave with severance. So, the important thing to remember is this concept of constructive dismissal which again, it happens when there's a significant change in the terms of employment, applies whether you're just working regularly or if you're working during the notice period. Either way, the employer is not allowed to change the terms of employment. And if it does, there is absolutely legal recourse.
0: We'll take a uh, short break. The number is one 821 5900 Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And as mentioned, if you haven't tried it yet, give it a shot during the break. Very quick, severancepaycalculator.com. This is the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one 821 5900 is the number, severancepaycalculator.com. If you haven't used that uh, tool yet, it's online. It's free. Check it out. Uh, very simple to use, a few minutes, in fact, a few seconds, and you'll find out exactly what your severance level, your uh, your money should be. And at the bottom, if you want to talk to Lior and consult his team, you can do that as well. It's very simple. Lior at com is the email address as well. As we get down into the uh, final few points here about working notice determination, so an employee be terminated for cause during that notice period, that would be interesting too, right?
1: It is interesting, and, and you know, really the, the same rules apply, and that is it's always difficult, very, very, very difficult to terminate an employee for cause. Again, as I always say, the employee has to do something so bad, so serious, that it's just impossible to continue employing them. And the same thing happens during the notice period. So if the employee is guilty of some very significant misconduct during that period of time, yes, the employer can absolutely penalize them, terminate them for cause as they would otherwise do. And the, but remember though, oftentimes an employer may try to do that and it's not cause. The flip side of that is from an employee standpoint, just because the employer says you are, we're giving you notice does not mean that this is an invitation for the employee to slack off. doesn't mean that the employee can say, well, since I'm losing my job in six months, then I, I can just take essentially a, an extended six-month vacation. I'll show up to work when I want to. Yeah. I'll do work if I feel like it. Maybe I don't. I'll spend my time on Facebook. Well, if you do that, then you absolutely can be disciplined up to and including potentially a termination for cause if it's bad enough. The idea is simple. Status quo remains from the employer's standpoint and from the employee's standpoint. And, and if either employer or employees, uh, you know, changes that status quo, there could be repercussions. So it's best to just maintain status quo, maintain things as they are until the employee's last day of employment. And
0: bounce over to a quick email. Uh, short and sweet, Lisa says, my employer has cut my hours in half. What do I do?
1: Well, I mean, it, certainly if, if the cut in hours corresponds also with a cut in pay, that's not something the employer is allowed to do. If the employer just cut the hours but kept the pay the same, then uh, I wonder if that employer is hiring. I'll, I'll go work there myself. Yeah, right. But yeah, exactly. But assuming Lisa's pay has been cut in half, that's that's a constructive dismissal as clear as it can be. An employer does not have a right to change compensation, and certainly to to reduce it by half is is completely outrageous. So she has an option. She can accept this change if she so chooses. Uh, but uh, if she doesn't, and I, I would expect that no one would be satisfied with a reduction in pay by 50%, she can say, absolutely not, and I'm leaving, and I'm going to require you, employer, to pay me my severance. That's what a constructive dismissal is. The other problem with her accepting this reduction and continuing to work is that she would be giving her employer the right to do it again in the future, which is an even bigger issue. So, Lisa, my best advice is let's treat this as a constructive dismissal. If your employer is going to start changing her compensation to this extent, this is serious stuff. You can't and should not continue working, in my humble opinion. So give me a call. Let's talk about constructive dismissal. Let's talk about getting you out of there with full severance so that you can find a job that's going to compensate you properly.
0: One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 5900 is the number. Lior at employmenthour.com. You know, a topic that has uh, always got a big gray area when it comes to people listening. That is uh, the independent contractor versus employees. And there's all kinds of mistakes being made out there in the workplace. So let's uh, tackle a little bit of this. Explain the difference. Independent contractor and employee. Independent contractor and employee.
1: Yeah. My gosh, John. And, and this is a topic that really should be so obvious, but it's really not. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you I'm positive that there's dozens of people listening to us right now, right now, that believe that they are independent contractors or or are treated on paper as independent contractors, but the law considers them to be employees. This is one of the most common things I see in my practice. I don't think a day goes by when I don't talk to someone uh, that's, quote-unquote, an independent contractor, but they're really an employee. Usually, those issues come to the forefront when the person's let go and the company says, well, I'm not going to pay you any severance because uh, you're an independent contractor. And we look at it and say, well, no, not so fast. This person really, by, by operation of law, in the eyes of the law, uh, is an employee. So they get full severance. So uh, we need to understand that distinction, that yeah. difference. Who really is an independent contractor? Well, John, an independent contractor is someone that's in business for him or herself, it's a business person who's operating a business, whether it's a plumbing business, an electrical business, computer repair, whatever it is, they're in business for themselves, which means they have customers, they have clients that they provide services to, they, they work on expanding their business, right? They, they look for other customers, uh, they have the autonomy that a business owner would have in terms of when they do work, how they do work, uh, they, they pay their own expenses, uh, so all those factors are what makes an independent contractor Uh, and, and it's not enough. No one really cares if you call yourself an independent contractor, if the company that you work for call yourself an independent contractor and it's also irrelevant how you pay your taxes. You may have been filing your taxes as an independent contractor, but again, if you're not really in business for yourself, you're an employee and it's as simple as that. I always talk about the plumber example. When you call a plumber to your house to fix, uh, to, to fix uh, the, the sink, that plumber is not your employee, right? You're not the plumber's employer. The plumber is a business owner. The plumber is an independent contractor. His job is to fix your, uh, your, your problem and then move on to the next customer, fix their problem, and hopefully tomorrow they'll have even more customers because that's what they do. They are in business for themselves. So if you are working and, and you're kind of like the plumber, then yeah, you're probably an independent contractor. But if you go to work, you have a regular job. Uh, you know you're you're working out of the company's offices. You are an employee, always without exception.
0: We'll continue our chat, our discussion on the independent contractor versus employees. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Leor at employmenthour And if you haven't tried it yet, it's a, it's a beauty. Severance pay calculator. Dot com. More of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900. Lior at employmenthour.com. You'll want to reach out, severancepaycalculator.com as well. That'll tell you exactly what your severance amount should be. There'll be a range there, and you go, wow, it's more than I thought. Maybe I should call Lior. That would be an excellent plan uh, following uh, going through the severance pay calculator. Talking about independent contractors versus employees. So uh, maybe you have started a job. You signed a contract. It says you're an independent contractor, or maybe you pay your own taxes. Does that change the metric at all?
1: You know, John, uh, people always believe that if you sign something, then, well, that's what it is. It's not like that necessarily. certainly not an employment law. The law often dictates terms, and you really can't contract out of the law for the most part. So you know, if, if you, just like you can't say sign a document that says you're going to make less than minimum wage, that's why we call it minimum wage because you mm-hmm. can't agree to get less than that. Same thing also happens when it comes to independent contractors versus employees. The law is going to decide. The law is going to do the work for you and decide whether you really are an employee or an independent contractor what you think you are want to be or, or what the company says that you are what you sign none of that really factors in substance over form okay anyone can call themselves an independent contractor Anyone can pay their taxes as an independent contractor, uh, you know, if CRA doesn't know any better, right? It's a question of what are you really? Are you in business for yourself or are you in business uh, for or are you working for someone else's business? And think about it, John. If it was as simple as just signing a piece of paper that says I'm an independent contractor, then what the heck, uh, you know, are are we doing being employees at all? We would always have companies saying, sign something that says you're an independent contractor and off you go. Everyone then would be an independent contractor. No one would be an employee. Well, it doesn't work that way. The law decides. And that's the message that I want everyone listening here to understand. You, I, the company, no one decides if you're an employee or an independent contractor. That is something that the law decides based on what I was saying before, how you do the work, are you in business for yourself, are you like the plumber, or are you something different than the plumber? And and if you're not an independent contractor, then the fact that you signed a document that says that you are is not going to change that situation.
0: What if you're you know, incorporated? Does that mean uh, you're an independent contractor? Does that change things?
1: Again, substance over form, John. Everyone wow. can incorporate. It's very easy. Uh, you fill out some papers, you you pay a fee, and uh, voila, you've incorporated. Instead of uh, just John Scholes, you're uh, John Scholes, Inc., and, and it's very easy to do that, and anyone can do that, and it does not make you an independent contractor. Again, I can incorporate, or all of my employees that work at my law firm can incorporate uh, tomorrow. That doesn't change what they are. That doesn't change how they work, who they work for. Uh, it doesn't do anything. So, you know, there may be other reasons why someone may want to be incorporated for tax reasons, liability reasons, whatever. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't take someone that in the eyes of the law is an employee and make them an independent contractor, okay? Only the, the reality on the ground, the facts of how you work and who you work for, those are factors that can make someone an independent contractor. Incorporating absolutely does not do that.
0: one 855 821 is the number. Lior at employmenthour.com through email. So how often do you see you know independent contractors being let go and then when you dig a little deeper, oh, look at that, they're actually employees.
1: All the time, John, not a day goes by when I don't get a call from someone that lost their job, and uh, they they didn't get any severance, or maybe they got 50 bucks or something silly like that, and why did they get little or no severance is because they thought or the company thought more likely that they were independent contractors. And some of these folks have been doing it that way for years and years. I had one uh, lady that worked as a bookkeeper for 32 years for a company wow. as an independent contractor. Nonsense, right? It's just not going to happen. So it's very common. And if you really are not an independent contractor, that you're owed the same severance as an employee is owed, which means forget about you know, getting uh, 50 bucks. You may be owed $50,000. Uh, depending, again, on age, position, and length of employment. That's a very, very common thing that I see. And companies often are very surprised to learn that the person that they thought for all this time, all these years, was really an independent contractor, that they really were were not independent contractors, and now they they come with a huge bill by way of severance that's owed to them.
0: So we've ripped that apart pretty well, Uh, employee versus independent contractor. Is there another
1: category, a third category? So there is a third category. So there's what we call an in-between category. So those are people that are not employees really, but they're not that independent. What I mean by that is it's not like they have 50 customers and and they're out there soliciting business. They work mainly for one or two customers uh, and, and you know if they were to lose one of them, then that may be a big deal. So this is what we call a dependent contractor, dependent as opposed to an independent contractor. So a dependent contractor is someone that uh, is is financially dependent on on, on one company that they work for. They're not an employee, but they're not truly independent. So in that situation, the dependent contractor would be owed severance almost the same or pretty much the same as as an employee would. So not only do uh, employees, of course, get severance, even people that are not employees, as long as they're dependent contractors, also get the same amount of severance. Hmm. So there's another category here for people that are owed severance. So again, more of a reason. Even if you're not actually an employee, you still may be entitled to full severance uh, if you're not actually completely independent. Uh, and and I have seen so many dependent contractors over the years that have been let go without severance. And again, that's wrong. The employer would owe them compensation.
0: Keep this number with you, one 855 821 or Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com for contact. If you haven't checked it out, severancepaycalculator.com. We'll get into that as soon as we come back from a short break right here, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number, Lior, at employmenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com. As promised, give me some details on the calculator. We love this. We love this thing.
1: Well, we should love it, and and you know certainly the people that have used it love it, and because it it helped them, it gave them information that they needed to have uh, when they lost their jobs. I started off uh, the show by talking about the fact that you know unfortunately that this time of year people are going to find themselves without a job in some situations, even though they've done nothing wrong, just the victims of restructuring. So what do you do if you are in that situation? If you thought today was going to be a day just like any other, but you showed up to a meeting uh, in the morning and you realize, holy cow, they're letting me go today. Well, uh, you know, once you've got your bearings and you packed up your stuff and you've left there, you got to start thinking about what they owe you. OK, and they may have told you we owe you this. Forget about what they told you. You need to know what, what the law says they owe you. And the easiest, fastest, most immediate way to find that out is you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com, and you find out exactly how much you are owed, okay? It's as simple as that. You input three pieces of information. You answer three questions. What, your, what is your age? How long you've worked there? And what job you had? And that's it. It tells you on the spot. You don't have to submit it and wait for a response. Right on the spot, it's going to tell you how many months pay you are owed. And now you know. Now, you take that information, compare it with what the company's actually offered you, and you realize, wait a second, my offer is great, good news, or no, my offer is not good. I have to get some legal advice, severancepaycalculator.com. If you know someone that lost their job, you're talking to, to your friend, your mother-in-law, whoever, a fast way to, to know right away if if they got what they owed. It's just time to go to severancepaycalculator.com.
0: Email address as well, Leor at employmenthour.com. You have questions outside of the uh, the show hour, you can get them that way or one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Harold writes in, says, "I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. After two years, this other employee is coming back to work, and my employer is telling me that my only choice is to relocate from Toronto to Mississauga. What should I do? What can I do?"
1: Well, Mississauga is nice. I don't know why someone wouldn't want to relocate to Mississauga. (laughs) But in in all seriousness, John, the reason why the employer wants you to to relocate is actually not relevant. They may have had a good reason, and maybe it's because there's simply not going to be a job available for you in this location, so they need you to relocate to the other location. The problem is that the reason doesn't matter, which means for you, if relocating from Toronto to Mississauga or from wherever is going to be a big deal if it's going to impact your commute, if it's going to impact your time away from home, if it's going to make your day, your work day longer, then that's a constructive dismissal. That's something that you can treat at least as a constructive dismissal and, and, and not accept it. So a constructive dismissal does happen even if there's a good and legitimate reason right. why the company wants to or needs to implement a the change. They may still not be allowed to do that at law. So, no, that this is a, certainly a, a significant change. It may not be significant if you actually live in Mississauga and, and this may be, make your life easier. But so long as this is a, a, a big change for you, then, yeah, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, a change that the company is not allowed to do. So, give me a call. Let's talk about that and let's figure out the best way to make sure that your legal rights are protected.
0: Should it be noted, though, that like you mentioned, if, you know, fictitiously, even the person's like, wow, this is great. I live in Mississauga. This is actually better for me you got to be aware because if they do it that time and then two years they want to move you to Oshawa or Belleville, now you can't go against it, can you?
1: You have to be aware. You certainly yeah. have to be aware. Once you've kind of opened that, that gate, it can be you know, kicked open for the rest of the way. So it's always a good idea to know what you're agreeing to, not in terms of just how it impacts you now, but how it may impact you in the future. So always give me a call. Even if you're not going to do anything about it now, at least yeah. you want to know what the potential repercussions could be more than worth the call.
0: Get time for one more here. Elizabeth's email says I'm supposed to return to work from a maternity leave in October, the end of this month. My employer just called and told me that they don't have a job for me, and my employment will terminate at the end of the month. Is this even legal?
1: Well, it's usually not legal, John. And and going back to what I've said before, is that when someone is on a maternity leave, they have to get their job back. They have to get their job back, the same job, same compensation, pay, location, etc. Now in a situation where something has happened, something has intervened, and that job now doesn't exist, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the maternity leave, the person would have lost their job even if they did not take the maternity leave, well, then fine. It's legal. The person still, of course, owed full severance, but at least it's legal. Now, In this case, it's very difficult to, to say whether it's legal or not because why is the job not available? Why are they letting you go? Did they keep your replacement? Did they simply decide they want to hire someone else? Uh, they are, are they upset that you took a maternity leave or maybe they shut down the department? So we need to explore those things before we can decide whether or not the termination is legal. If it's not, it could be a human rights issue. It could be a breach of the Employment Standards Act as well. Uh, And that's why we have to to investigate this further. At a minimum, it's a question of severance. I would want to know how much severance she's been offered. She may be owed a heck of a lot more than her employer is saying that they're going to pay her. But I also want to explore the human rights aspect of this case. So very important that we connect our fair and, and discuss uh, all the details of this matter.
0: And it's funny, you know, we've been saying this for years on this show. Probably the biggest slippery slope that an employer wants to, to mess with is don't mess with mama. That's the worst one. No, right?
1: you don't. The, the law does not look favorably on this. So many cases, employers have been punished, uh, penalized for, for not respecting their obligations when it comes to maternity leave pregnancy, parental leave. So it's something, it, it, it's a it's an area that employers want to steer clear of uh, and, and abide by their legal obligation. Employers should always abide by its legal obligations, but certainly when it comes to maternity leave, pregnancies, uh, you know, it, it's just a, a recipe for disaster if you start doing things wrong. So be mindful of that.
0: And we talk about employees all the time contacting you, and in that regard, and many more, uh, and many more employers should as well. The number, uh, as we wrap up here for another week, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you're an employee or an employer, keep that number on you. Lior at employmenthour.com. That is through email. And if you haven't tried it yet, we've talked about it, referred to it several times, as we do every week. That is severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly the correct amount of your severance. If you have that offer sitting in front of you, don't sign anything. At least go to Severance Pay Calculator, and right after that, contact Lior as well. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.